you Yeah, yo There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I'm behind you But always got you, end the discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, hopping down, cause feeling's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all. Welcome back. To the Chronicles yes, of yes. Hip Hop Legend Radio Show, TCOHHL Radio. I want to give a special shout out to all the listeners out there. Give a shout out to all the good people that continue to support us. We thank you guys so very much. Yes, man. Yes, yes. And with absolute sincerity, we ask you guys. Uh, we th- well, we thank you guys. But but in all honesty, we need you guys to to continue to engage us on social media. Please check us out. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I would say Snapchat, but I don't know what the fuck a Snapchat is, to be honest with you, so I'm not going to say it. But I do need to, but the truth is, yo, Stats, I hear a lot of people talking about Snapchat, so I'm going to have to go check it out. So, But but we are on actively on Twitter and Instagram, so you can go to uh, Twitter, at uh, T-C-O-H-H-L underscore radio. You can also reach us on Twitter at Hip Hops H I P H O P S. So Hip Hops H I P H O P S underscore Wizard. So that's Hip Hops underscore Wizard on Twitter and Instagram, and then also on Facebook. Uh, very simply at the Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend. That's it. The Chronicles of a Hip Hop uh, Legend. Um, but yo, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure to be able to. Have wonderful guests on the show, people that are like-minded, people that are conscious about the plight of our people in this country. And, um, you know, even 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 beyond being consciously aware of the plight of black people or people of color, people of color in this country, um, you know, what's amazing and what's always exciting and fun to engage are those individuals that are on uh, a, a defined path towards addressing the issue in a manner that not just suits them, but um, is a reflection of their own creativity. But on the flip side, but on the other side of that creativity, there's a product that comes out that totally resonates with the hearts and minds of people. So yeah. um, the reason why I'm saying that stats is because um, we have the great pleasure of speaking with this good brother. And I know um, Ish had brought it to our attention some, some months ago. And, you know, uh, Ish is moving at fucking quantum light speed shit. I'm sure I didn't even <laughs> say that right, but whatever. He's moving at light speed and, you know, we're, we're always, yo, you got to do this. You got to check this out. Yo, yo, D, Statue, I got to do this. You got to do this. Did you do this? Did you do this? So, um, 
some months ago, well, not too long, maybe about a month, month and a half ago, it sent us a link. And he was like, yo, there's this um, this joint that's coming out that they're, they're, they're currently on the uh, crowdfunding, you know, uh, going through the crowdfunding process, specifically with Kickstarter, trying to raise some money for this series called Black. So um, I was like, OK, yeah, no doubt. So so it sent it over and I had a chance to read it. And it's interesting to me stats because. We would we we attempted something some years ago with the Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend in its original form, right? Yeah. It being an animated series and then it being a literary series and then that and then us taking the namesake and then flipping it into this radio media platform. So um but it's interesting that that now there's so many people that are 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 using, you know, uh visual media as a means of being able to get the message out there, promote the message, raise the consciousness and awareness, and then also be able to, you know, bring light to the social issues that, that are currently, um, you know, being a source of, uh, you know, some, some, some contention here in this country. But, um, but w- what I want to say, man, is before I can, you know, so that I don't continue to go on and on, uh, there's an excellent series called black and, we have the great fortune of speaking with one of the creators of the series, uh, Black. And it, you know what? Let's just not even continue to fucking prolong it, man. We got the brother, <laughs> the good brother, our fellow New Yorker, Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa, I'm gonna need your help again, man. My my memory is bad. It's like I smoke weed. Please nah, give cool, me your, your last it's, it's, name again. It's, it's cool. It's Kwanzaa Osajifo. Osajifo, and it's an easy last name to say, man. Once you sort of break it down in your mind, how you I, need to say it phonetically, and that's why I keep having to, I keep asking you to say it over and over again because <laughs> to me, I, when, when I look at it on on uh, look at look, at, I'm looking at your name written out right in front of me, but. I can't fix my mouth to say it the way that you're pronouncing it. And it's an easy way to pronounce it. So I do apologize for that, man. Please don't, uh, you know, that's don't, please don't take that personally, man. I'm, I'm you. I understand the importance of names, man. It's just that when I haven't gotten to the point where I'm able to say it fluently yet, but we appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the, sh- on the show this evening and speaking with us. Good brother. Yeah, I, absolutely, and and don't don't even worry about it, man. I didn't even know how to spell my name until I was like twelve. <laughs> so it's totally cool. There's a lot of consonants smashed up against near each other. Yeah, might as well just be Icelandic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, it's, it's 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 all good, man. But but man, we we absolutely appreciate you, man. Like I said, so I I you know how stats and I always you know do with these conversations, man. Is we like to start at the beginning because the truth is is like we we've said countless times before and the listeners you know I'm sure are aware of this is um you didn't just get to this point now where you are there was a journey leading up to this point right yeah man so absolutely yeah let's start at the beginning <laughs> like so, all the way at the yeah, beginning yeah yeah so, <laughs> so so we're we're because in in well you know what let's let's jump ahead a little bit first and then we're going to go back we we're going to jump to present time so there's a series called Black, and that's actually the reason why we're speaking with you with, with you this evening. Tell us a little bit about Black and the role that you play in the development of this series. 
Sure. So Black is a is a in in short is a science fiction story that entertains the concept of what if only black people had superpowers? Hmm. Uh, and I think that kind of just sums it up. But, you know, it's a concept that I came up with about like 10 years ago or so. And, uh, you know, I kind of sat on it. I had approached my uh, co-creator, Tim Smith, about it. But, you know, he was working at Marvel. He still is working at Marvel. And I was pursuing my career at DC Comics. So okay. I kind of just sat on it for, you know, a while. Because I was like, oh, I gotta, I'm going to go be an editor and launch this Zuda imprint with them. And that was, you know, my focus at the time. But then once I left comics, you know, this idea was still germinating in my head and, you know, seeing how like social media had given a whole new voice to something that, you know, really hasn't changed since like, even before like Spike Lee did do the right thing. Right. You know, like Radio Raheem wasn't like just a one-off. <laughs> that right. stuff happens all yeah. the time, but now we got camera phones and stuff so we could document this stuff and put it out there. And people were seeing it a lot more. And the, and the more I saw it, the more it just started, like, you know, like germinating in my head and making me think, like, you know, this story is still relevant. Like, I still need to tell this story. And nobody's told it yet. Sure. And they're like, nothing's changed in the industry where, you know, there's this is happening organically within it. And I know that personally because I worked in it. You know, right. I, I know what it's like. And, you know, in that creative culture and like, you know, who the people are and why these sorts of stories weren't coming out. Sure. And now we live in a time where, you know, I could go and go to Kickstarter and validate and prove that there's an audience for something like this. I don't have to ask anybody's permission. I don't have to pitch it to anybody. You know, I just went to the Internet and the Internet responded. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in, in, in your role now, based on what you just gave us in terms of, I, I guess, you know, your career, the, the history of your career, you being at DC and then your, your partner, was it Tim Smith? Did I say that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Tim Smith being at Marvel. Um, are you got, in, in your capacity here, are you an editor? Are you the artist? The writer? No, I'm the, I'm the writer and okay. creator. Like I came up with all of the concepts and stuff like that. And so, you know, I, I had known Tim when I worked at Marvel. Marvel was my first job, like, straight out of college. Okay. Um, little secret, they actually didn't know. They hired me when I was still in school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I was finishing up my last semester. Okay. I was like, yeah, I graduated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I think that was we... a while ago, so it's totally legit now. Nobody can do anything about it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I met Tim when I was there, like, interning and stuff, and, you know, kind of hooked up with him later on, like, at this festival that they have in New York called MoCA, which was my, used to be, like, my, my favorite, like, comic sort of, like, convention ever sorry is mocha Mocha at the javits center uh no mocha used to be at the puck building yeah and it it was it was a really it was a really chill cool like just artists hanging out you know showing their stuff there was no like big crazy booths and people in costumes it was it was my favorite like you could really talk to people there that's what i liked about it it was very park bench conversation you know so it wasn't no, Um, no 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 like on the like a, if you will, like the grandiose Comic Con, wasn't it? No, nah, like nobody had like T-shirt guns and stuff. Okay. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it was, it was all about the art, you know, and the love, and I really enjoyed that. And I ran into Tim there, and I was just looking at some of his new stuff, and like Tim just had a different aesthetic than what's in comic books right now. And I mean, definitely that came from his influences and stuff. And I really felt like you know, Black was already in my head, and I felt like you know, he could really contribute to that and really like create the silhouette and the design and like, you know, everything that would pretty much sum up these characters visually. 
Sure. Um, so we started talking about it back then and, you know, he was working on it. We even did some art. It had a different name back then and all that. And we, you know, like I said, we kind of sat on it for a while. Like, you know, life kind of got in the way. You got jobs. He has kids and stuff like that. Right. So, you know, we just kind of put it on the back burner. But like I said, you know, as things changed, we changed, the story changed a little bit and we just felt like it needed to come out, right. you know? So, yeah, I've written and rewritten the story like several times. And I was like, fine. I was like, no, nah, man, we're going to do this. Let's let, we worked in the industry long enough. We know enough people. Let's make this happen. Wow. Sounds a lot like our story, man. Very, <laughs> very similar. So. So obviously in creating this um, and I and I totally identify with with, with your story, man, because. I had a chance. I, I'm the creator of the Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend, and and it started out as a literary series. Started out as an animated series, and then it became a literary series. Um, you know, with with two, um, you know, novel sort of installments of the of the uh, of the actual literary series. And in in terms of genre, it was. I mean, it is. Uh, you know, hip hop, fantasy, sci fi sort of you know take on a on the story if it, if it had to fit into a genre but um one of the things that i that i had to sort of uh, recognize in myself is there's always been this desire to to create right since i was a a, a child man is i've always had this wild imagination i've always had engaged this you know exercise of create you know, exercise in creativity i can't draw but there's always been this desire to create stories and characters and, and, and develop characters and further develop stories and have them go in different, you know, um, you know, paths and then and, and, and sort of retract it and rewrite and, and things like that. And I've always enjoyed the process since a little kid. What about yourself? Did that is that something that's been with you since since childhood and that you mentioned that you 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 were raised in Brooklyn or you, you yeah. right. So was that something that that's always been with you? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I grew up in Park Slope, you know, when it wasn't quite so nice right. in a lot of parts. Right. <laughs> and, uh, right. you know, we were, we were, you know, <laughs> single mom, we were poor and stuff and, you know, paper and pencil was pretty much free. Right. So that was, that was how I exercised my imagination. And like yourself, like I had a very vivid one. I knew I wanted to be a writer yes. when I was like three. Right. I was just like, I want to write. This is what I love doing. I love, I think I made my first comic book probably when I was about like four years old. Wow. My mom, you know how moms are. She held on to that for like ever and loved right, <laughs> right. Me, like stuff I did when I was like Got four a years box old. I'm like, I'm like, mom, mom, come on. That's, that's, that's garbage. Right, right. <laughs> I, I feel the love, but come on. I did that when I was four. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, that, that had always been there. And when I found out, you know, Cause I, and I love comics even back there too. And when I noticed that there was people's names, you know, in the credits, I was like, Oh, these aren't made by like Keebler elves or whatever. There's like actual people, <laughs> like this is their job. <laughs> and I was like, I, you know, I, I would love to do that, you know? And so, you know, I was a comic reader and a comic fan and it wasn't until like, you know, and I read stuff like the X-Men and I like really liked those characters who were like fringe status. So, you know, they, they weren't like accepted by society or whatever, That's but right. I also like little kid stuff too. Like, cause I was a kid, I like power pack. That was my favorite when I was like eight years old. Right. But you know, I knew that this was something that I wanted to do and it wasn't until milestone hit 
that it dawned on me. I was like, oh, wait, yeah, there's nobody who looks like me in comics. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, because you're a kid, you're innocent. So right. I didn't even, it just didn't dawn on me. You know, if you grew up in like the 80s when you were a kid, it was all like rainbow bright and like, That's it right. was just the same stuff that you were fed. So you didn't think there was anything wrong, you know? That's right. Um, and so Milestone popped up and I was, you know, right at that right age. I was about like 17 and I was like, oh, snap. Yeah, like there's nobody who looks like me. Static hardware, yo, I'm, I'm down with this. And so I looked in the indicia on like my first issue of like milestone it was probably like static or something like that and i found their phone number and just called them up mm-hmm. and said like hey i'm a writer and i draw a little bit i, I design characters and stuff i'd love to come in and show you my stuff and they said all right nice. so, <laughs> yeah. you know i put my little wow. portfolio together you know tried to like you know dress for i had never been on an interview in my life so it's like i just got my portfolio and like just came in there with what i had and you know i walked into the offices there and they sat me down like right there with Dwayne mcduffie Wow. And McDuffie like looks through my portfolio. He reads some of my stories and stuff, and then you know closes my book and politely tells me that I'm not ready mm. <laughs> for professional comics. Right, right. But then you know like because he was such a you know, like a generous spirit and like you know saw like here's this kid who was like hungry. You know he just sat there for like the next hour and basically told me how comics work. He's like you know like how old are you? He's like I'll go to college and stuff and like. But, you know, if you really want to get in the comics, like, here's how you break into the industry. Here are the people who you need to talk to. This is why you need to go to conventions and make these connections. Here are the things that you're going to have to overcome because, you know, I'm pretty sure you're aware that you're black. So, right, <laughs> because, right. You know, he, he really, you know, he really, like, you know, broke it down for me. And I walked out of there probably more informed than any 17-year-old about, like, the comic books industry. Yeah, right. that, and, that, that was a blessing, man. Like, yeah, that, and, you know, that, you don't get that a lot. And it stuck with me, you know, I, I looked up to him like he's always been like that guy who was like, that's the person I want to pattern my career after. That's the person I admire the most in comic books. And, you know, I'll be honest, I don't admire a lot of people in comic books, but Dwayne was always somebody who like kept it real and stayed true to himself and what he, you know, what he wanted to do in the industry. Sure. And, you know, it was one of those things that like when I went over to D.C. I, and did Zuda, I, which was their online web imprint that I launched, you know, I made sure to like, you know, hire people of color, hire women, hire, you know, hire people who are like different, different sexual orientations, just because I knew that stuff wasn't present in the industry right. from even back when I was working at Marvel. Right. And, you know, I kind of was able to fly under the radar and do this. So like our launch book was this great book by Jeremy Love called Bayou mm-hmm. that was sort of like an Alice in Wonderland, you know, that took place in like New Orleans and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it was this fantasy and, you know, people really, you know, they really vibed on it. And that made, you know, that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be like him and make sure that, like, our voices and, like, our content was out there. Nice. You know, DC, much like with Mar- with Milestone, you know, it got shut down eventually. Yeah. But, you know, I, I moved on to other things. And, you know, I still saw that there were this, this thing, like, missing in the industry that because of the people who were, you know, at the top in that creative culture, which isn't very, which isn't inclusive, they're missing out on all this stuff, you know, on all these stories that they couldn't tell. They just didn't appreciate it. They didn't have a, a mind for it. And it, I don't think it was ever, like, totally malicious. Right. But it's like, if you got, like, a bunch of, you know, white dudes in a room, mm-hmm. that's you're only going to get one kind of product. Right. You know, there's nothing that's going to disrupt the status quo for them, even in their own heads. Right. Like, they're just not, they just have no perception. It's like an echo chamber. They're just saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And, and you know what, to that point, man, when, when the status quo has been working for so long, why right. disrupt it? You know what I mean? Exactly. And it's, it's unfortunate that, that we have to think that way because there are so many 
you know, there's so much diversity out there in the world culturally, um, you know, and every other way. You know what I mean? That with that diversity comes an array of different experiences and, and, and those manifest into an array of, of, of different and colorful stories. You know what I right. mean? That resonate with people in different ways. So, you know, why wouldn't you? But again, you know, if you have that model in front of you that has had, that has proven itself over and over again to be something that works and proven to be something that's functional, then why dis you know, why, why interrupt the flow of it? You know? Right. Right. It's, it's, and, and, yeah, and I mean, from a business standpoint, you can kind of understand it. But you know, if you're a forward thinker and you and, right. and you are running a business, you can't think about the right now. You got to be thinking about the next ten years. That's right. And and not to sit there and like you know like you know revel in like you know people struggling and stuff. But you see, DC right now is not not like doing as well as it was before. Right. You know, and they've like rebooted like three times, and like they definitely have a, a you know a problem with like diversity and inclusion and stuff. And you know, I work in marketing as my day job and stuff, and I and I know from like the statistics that the fastest growing consumer markets are Hispanics, blacks, and Asians. That's right. <laughs> like that's, that's right. what's growing. That's, that's right. why you see like Miles Morales over at Marvel now. Yeah. And they're not stupid. They want that money. That's right. That's <laughs> so, right. You know, I mean, I have my opinions about those characters as well, but you know, at least you know they're thinking about their paper, yeah. and it's it's that kind of thing that when I looked at you know like characters that I knew like the X Men and stuff, and and I was I, I was like, all right, if these guys are supposed to be an allegory for like racism or bigotry and stuff like that, I don't think that kind of holds water because. You know, Wolverine's not getting pulled over for driving a nice car. That's right. You know, that's right. It's like nobody's gonna sit there and like stop Colossus because he's walking through a neighborhood in like Florida, and somebody thinks he shouldn't be there. You know, like yes. these guys, they can live, they can live normal. And I was like, if this is an allegory for this, like that's not real. Like this is a real problem for black people. Absolutely. And so I thought, like, let me put a sci-fi spin on that. You know, the other the other interesting point to that too, man, that I'd like to mention is is that I, I've heard even you know, um, to, to what you said, which I absolutely agree with, but what I've heard, um, as a, you know, as a rebuttal for that argument is, well, that's the reason why when we make these characters, we mask them. That's why we put them behind masks because that way the, you know, the, 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 the implications of color and, you know, from a cultural standpoint, you know, never come up because, you can't see what color or what nationality a person is. But if you were one of those people, like I was, you know, coming up, I was heavily into comic books and I can remember they used to have the, uh, the, the, uh, the trading cards, right. The, the Marvel yeah. comic trading cards. And then on the back, <laughs> even for, you know, for some of your favorite characters, when you flip, you know, you would get the trading card. It would have the, you know, the 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 character on the front. But then when you flip it over, it had the stats. It had right. the, the sort of the the real person behind the mask. And then you, as you would go through those, you're like, wait, hold on, where's the where's the brothers at? Yeah, you know. So to your point, I I, I absolutely get it, man. I I absolutely get it. Um. Yeah, and I mean, I, in all honesty, I I I had never heard that one before. Yeah, but you know. Like I'm, I gotta call bullshit on that. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, and <laughs> and, just, I, and I that's absolutely just convenience agree. And stuff. Like, I mean, like yeah. human beings rationalize. Yeah. And that's a rationalization. It it's is. Like you got, it is. You're getting caught. You may be feeling uncomfortable that somebody's talking about race. Yeah. You know, and your product. 
and that sounds like a rational answer, but yeah. that's that's some old bullshit. Yeah, but you're right. But you're but <laughs> and, but that's generally what it always is when we're getting the perception or, or the perspective of, you know, the good white folks. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, there's right. always a way to be able to rationalize what you're doing and why you're not, you know, considering race as as something important in the story or yeah. in your character, you know, build up or the dynamics between characters. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And that's not to say it has to be in there. Cause it's like, you know, I look, I look at a character like Miles Morales mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, I haven't, I enjoyed like his run through the ultimate universe, you know, like to me, it's like, all right, that's what's up right there. Cause you know, Peter Parker's dead. Yeah. This kid, this kid's the new chosen one and stuff. And he had his own agency and his own like story, mm-hmm. you know, and I could read that and, you know, now he's in the 616 universe and that's, that's all right. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of like the whole, like, Oh, there's a black version of everybody now. That's kind of, you know, <laughs> right. that's kind of played out. Like that's yeah. like when we was kids and you'd see like the dolls and action figures on the TV commercial <laughs> and you always see like, you know, two minutes of the white, the white toys. And then right at the end, it's like, and there's a black one. Yeah, And now we introduce yeah. the black Pee Wee Herman. Right. That's like, that's that's like, illustrated affirmative action right there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's the thing about it because you know I, lo- I look at that character now and i read a, a interview with brian michael bennis the writer of it and you know i he's i feel like he's coming from the right place but he's also coming from his perspective as a white person of what race is and right. in that universe in the marvel universe race hasn't come up you know right. Right. like it's not it's not part of their narrative they got mutants and inhumans and other people to hate on in that universe so it's kind of strange that you know in this article already he's like oh we're finally going to bring up race in the marvel universe with like miles and i'm like why yeah like in the universe that you set up i i it would be weird for anybody to have a problem with the color of his skin that'd be like if somebody was watching like empire strikes back and turned around all of a sudden and said like what there's a Negro in Cloud City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, and there's a Wookiee, and there's a robot. Right, right. <laughs> like, like, the context, the context isn't there, and that's the big thing about like why I can't, why I created black. You know, it's the context of race isn't just a convenience for marketing to me. It's like there's there's something that comes with that. Yeah. And while you and while people are you know putting these characters of color and sort of cadging off the fact that we've been underrepresented, it's great. It's all gravy. Like John Boyega got a job. He's part of like a huge franchise franchise and stuff. But at the same time, it's like you were getting me into the theater because you know I'm happy to see a brother with a lightsaber. Right. Yet, you know, in a lot of other mediums, like, you know, the context of color is kind of like glossed over or just ignored. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, and that's what, that's where I have a problem with it. So I wanted to write a story where those things were married together, mm-hmm. you know, and where you had a cast that was big enough that you just didn't have that one black character who had to be like all of us. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so I, I often feel like when we, when we're dealing with the issue, uh, you know, the situation of race and culture, right. Within the context of a story, right it, it whatever the story is and you have a majority of the people that are behind this story as white folks i think what happens is perhaps the intention is or the desire might be perhaps yeah we want to be able to get have some you know have some some you know uh reflection on the black experience from this from a black person's perspective and somehow we can go ahead and incorporate that into the story. But if in order for us to do that authentically, then we need to have a person of color. 
And then what oh. ends up happening is perhaps I, let's just put it out there. The, the, the topic of race and color and the implications behind it is extremely uncomfortable, particularly for white folks. Right. Because I think what tends to happen is they have they're forced into a position where they might have. And, and although that might not be the, the intent of it, they're forced to have to engage this conversation where they offer they feel like they need to offer some type of rationalization as to why things are occurring the way that they are occurring. And then also possibly assume some responsibility for why things are occurring. So it just forces an, uncom- an uncomfortable dialogue. Right. Yeah. We've, we've been speaking about this and, and this is an interesting conversation that we're going this direction just for now, because this whole idea of white privilege, white supremacy is something that we've been speaking about often for the last for the last I don't know how many weeks, man. So it's it's just it's just definitely, you know, uh, an, an appropriate, uh, you know, discussion. But I you know, to that point, man, you know, we we absolutely appreciate stories like black and, you know, um, the rise of stories now and things that are coming out there now to be able to offer some context, not just for us, because I think that the truth is, is that our age range and our generation and older, we're very much aware. I I hope we are. We're very much aware of who we are, where we come from. We have that sense of knowledge of self, right? Whether we are out, you know, uh, just overtly screaming it or just, you know, professing it. Some Um, of us do. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us do. Right. (laughs) But, but on the, on the flip side, our, um, you know, the younger generations, perhaps they're not getting it the way that we're, I guess they are, but it's different because we had an opportunity to be able to go through this era, particularly with hip hop, where we experienced this black pride movement. You know what I mean? This knowledge yourself. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I am ab- absolutely proud of asserting who I am publicly. Right. So now it's not so much the case. Um, but that's why I think, you know, things like we had a, a chance to speak with uh, some gentlemen a couple of weeks ago who are doing uh, a project called the Tuskegee Airs. I'm not sure if you've you've heard of it. Oh, I'm um, very aware. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. So so, you know, things like that, as well as what you're doing, I think it it is it's absolutely important. And it's right on, man, because it gives the younger generation an opportunity to be able to engage something that's fun, but then at the same time be able to take on something that's empowering and be able to learn something from it and then gain gain some sense of pride about, you know, where they come from and, and, and who they are, despite what society is saying, you know? Um, but what I wanted to do just real quick, man, I wanted to to start exploring black a little bit. So sure. Uh, after miraculously surviving being gunned down by police, a young man learns that he is part of the biggest lie in history. Now he must decide whether it's safer to keep it a secret or if the truth will set him free. Damn, you're talking about some shit that you want to engage, man. Yo, Kwanzaa, man, you you got You got to tell me. I know. And I know that this is a you know you you told us that this is something that's been in the works for some time right but now with all of this shit that we have going on these these contentious moments that we have going on with 
police officers across the country. How much of that actually plays into this? I mean, and it's obvious based on, you know, what I just read. Yeah. But what was the approach in being able to So were you, you know, pissed again, off? I guess you know what I'm saying. Like, no, no, it, it, it didn't. It didn't come from a place of, of anger because you know one of the the core driving things, you know, about black and the, that I want to highlight through the story is that mm-hmm. like you know race is a nuanced thing. Okay. You know, like there's there's a depth and diversity just within like African American culture. That's right. You know, right. And, and African culture and South American culture, like black people are very different across the globe and just across the street. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we have a different perspective on things and that extends to the rest of humanity as well. We come from different perspectives and we approach things based on our experiences and what we think is right. right. But what we think is right might just be in conflict with the livelihood of somebody else. Sure. You know, and that's really what it's about. It's about that human struggle. It's about like, you know, who we are and how we are sometimes like tribalistic and, and then like we struggle for power, we struggle for, you know, just to survive. Um, and I didn't want it to just, this story definitely comes from a perspective that is black, but that's used to illustrate, you know, a very science fiction sort of world where it's just like, yeah, think about that. If only black people had superpowers on top of the fact that we're black, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> And and depending on who you are and like what you bring to the story, right. who is that a problem for? That's right. No, that's <laughs> right. Know? That's right. That's right. You know, and, and so Kareem gets like kind of pulled into this world that he, you know, of course, had no idea existed and is taken under wing by this character Juncture who runs this sort of kind of underground railroad that helps, you know, young, young uh, well, not young, but black people who are expressing these powers and kind of gets them out of the system, at least within wow. the U.S. So he does this globally. And essentially, you know, he's trying to fight this like very clandestine struggle where, you know, like the whole world has kept this under wraps for centuries. It's been happening for centuries, largely in part because if it became public knowledge, I mean, you know, cops are already killing brothers on the street that they think are normal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's like if you think about like now they got to worry about whether this this cat can read minds or shoot lasers out his ass. Like, I mean, it's like it, it, it elevates the game like to a whole nother level and that's kind of like the knife's edge that this first book is 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 riding on and what kareem is struggling with because not only is he like all right i got shot and now i'm alive and now i found out all these brothers and sisters got powers and there's this whole world i didn't know existed and it's just you know it's, it's craziness going on that i didn't even see but then also struggling with like well why should why should we hide that you know, mm. oh, and is this why is this why we've been oppressed for wow. all this time? Like, what's going on? Like, wow. and so there's there's that real That's... struggle because when you think about it, like if you all of a sudden you know had powers, you you have a big big decision to make about who you who you are and who you're going to be. That's right. And in particular, if you're a black person, yes, you know, in a, in America too, it's like you that 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 changes the the power dynamic real fast. Yeah, yeah. A, a shift, that, a shift definitely occurs. Definitely, yeah, and and does it because it's only a small part of the like black population. So you still have the whole world to contend with that doesn't have powers. That's true. They might not be happy about that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know. So, so, so that that's the conflict right there in the story. It's just sort of like you know, what do you do in yeah. that situation? I mean, there's some respect. <laughs> 
story I thought about. I was like, I could just make this story like something where I just let people submit their own answers and that'll be the story. Right, you know? right. But but I think but I think it in stats, I know you have something to say. I just want to sure. get this out quick. But I think that's important though, man, because it 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 sort of presents this inner conflict, right? And although, you know, this is a work of fiction, right? The 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 um the truth is is that inner conflict forces people to engage thought on a on a different level that forces them to consider themselves in situations like well what would I what what would I do right, right. and then if you start thinking about what would I do it potentially with this forces ultimately if other people engage in it and and, and it gives you guys an opportunity to engage this dialogue that's healthy because it's like man and I'm not, I'm not now the, the main character. Cause you mentioned Kareem, right? Is that the, the main, main yeah. character? So, so it's like, man, Kareem found out he could fly. What would you do? You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how would you handle that? Like the situation is, is now there's a certain, you know, I'm this, I go from being this regular person. Right. But then I find out I have these powers. And, but at the same time, I have to make sure that I'm being responsible with those powers. Right. Right. And then also I have to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm sort of maintaining some level of secrecy, not with me physically who I am, but what I, this new thing that I have going on in my life, because that that's part of the responsibility. Yeah. Right. So it's, that, that's very interesting. Very, very interesting stats. Go ahead, man. I just wanted to say that. No, I was going to say that, you know, as I'm sitting here listening, you know, uh, to, you know, to the description of the story and I read, you know, some things prior, but it's like, and this may sound kind of weird, but it's not, it's not, you know, a bad thing. It's like for, you know, for me, I was, you know, I'm, I'm listening. I'm like, damn, man, you know, I'm a regular, I'm a black dude. Right. And, and I, you know, and I experience things day to day, just living in my skin. But I was like, damn, what if I had superpowers? Like, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I said. That's like, what I wanted to yeah. happen in people's brains. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's fucked up. But at the same time, it's like, damn, I, but I'm a superhero. Yeah. Yo, like, like you kind of like, you kind of messed up my head a little bit. But it's like, <laughs> but it's like you messed up your head in a good way because no, it's like absolutely. I want to see what happens. I want to read it now. That's right, you right. know, be, because I, I want to see what happens. But then again, I'm like, I wonder how you know. And to all the every all the listeners, you know, this is not a, this is you know, this, this is not racist, you know. But I'm like, how do how would a white person feel reading this? Right. You know, like you know, like you know, a, after a while, it's like you basically have to me like a, a reality comic. And like mixed with fantasy, like sci-fi fantasy. So it's like it's, it's reality, you know what I'm saying. But at the same time, it's like, damn, this is real. But what if this happened with powers? It's like this shit could be like so fucking real. Like it's it's ridiculous. So you know, with, with me, it's like, do you feel that this would um, you know, uh, you know, awaken minds? You know, as uh, not even black minds, but. In you general, know, all yeah, minds, yeah. you know, all together. Kwanzaa, well, you, Kwanzaa and Tim going to have white folks running around. Being like, yo, <laughs> yo, yo, you, you know, you know, black people, they, you know, you know why black people can. There's really something there, man, with that, with the, with the legacy shit, man. You know, black people, you know, why their skin's, skin is so bronze, right? They're really made of gold, you know, some just like off the wall crazy shit. 
No, no, but but and I mean that, uh, um, Kwanzaa, with all due respect, uh, you know, this I am absolutely excited about this because I'm I'm thinking about just to to Stats's point how enlightening this can be to people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and having people tap into the better part of themselves, not because they think that they have, you know, superhero, you know, um, you know, uh, things going on with them, but because it forces people possibly to just want to be better. If I say yeah, it, man. you know what I'm saying? And, and, yeah. and I think there's a lot to say about something like that, but I'm sorry for interrupting. Go ahead, man. Kwanzaa. No, no. I mean, I, I'm glad that it's having that effect on you. I mean, cause the, the, w- for me, literature and why I always wanted to be a writer is that, like, when you express these ideas, you know, like, people are receptive to them. It's like you're not standing out, like, on a soapbox, like, you know, like, the, the, the brothers who are, like, you know, the 12 tribes of Shabazz yelling at people. Right, right. Like, you're getting people, like, when they want to engage and through a narrative that, like, I hope could, like, make people understand not just one perspective. Like, right. this this is a story that comes from a perspective of what if only black people had superpowers and through the eyes of Kareem. But this is an American story. This is a universal story. This is about struggle. This is about conflict that, and, and, and honestly, you could put it on anybody, you That's know? Right. And it would have, and it would have the same approach. I had these uh, fellows, they interviewed me before and they were Mexican and they were just like, damn, I wish we had thought of that first, <laughs> you know, cause that would have been a dope story. It's like, you're right. It would have been, you'd have pissed Donald Trump off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, but you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I think, you know, I've gotten a lot of positive response from it because the, you know, I think enough people are enlightened enough to know that like, this isn't like a black story or a black comic. Cause that's a lot of what you would hear in the comic book industry too. Is like, yeah. it's like, Oh, well black comics don't sell or there's no audience for it. And it's like, that's not true, man. Yeah. It's like milestone proved that like, like darn near like 20 years ago. And now you got Marvel over here making Captain America, you know, like, you know, black. Yeah. So it's like, I, I never believed any of that to be true. That's just, we had a system in place before much like the larger system of like the United States and even globally yeah. that just worked really well for one group of people, but right. that's changing now. That's right. And we, we need to be open to these other stories and the consumers are hungry for it. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it, it's not even just, just from an economics thing, just from like a, a media thing. It's like people are bored with the same old stuff, man. That's right. Like, they, they don't want to read the, the same perspective, the same, the same per- perspective, the same story. That's why you got Mindy Kalik blowing up. That's why you got empire. Cause they're right. like Fox. That's right. It's like people are just like, yeah, how many more shows about white people can I watch? That's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's, what's, what's interesting to me. And when I when I first experienced that, it was it was had to be over five years ago. It was when when Tyler Perry's um, movies, I don't know which one it was, but it's Medea uh, goes to Tyler Perry, Medea, Medea this, Medea that. <laughs> but it, it was when I mean, he was just literally releasing a new Medea movie every year or every yep. few months. It was crazy. So I was in a I mean, this is when video stores were still, you know, a thing, in a thing, right? So it was in Hollywood <laughs> videos, right? Um, and there was a white lady standing in, in line in front of me and she had went and she, uh, you know, brought the case up there. She was renting a Tyler Perry movie. It, uh, I don't know what it was, but it was the DVD of Tyler Perry. And I mean, she was just going on and on about, 
how great Tyler Perry was and how how funny the movies were and you know it was it was just something different and how her whole family enjoyed it and that's when I realized that you know what for you know for so long Tyler Perry's releases would be considered you know uh something for black people it would be oh it's a black right. movie because it's a black cast and it's a you know it talks about the black experience this is a black movie for black people but then when you start seeing you know when you witness you know a situation like this you're like no this is not just a this is not a black movie this is an american story you yeah. know what i mean because if it color aside the way that the family dynamic is and and, and the way it's reflected and portrayed in the movie you know, it doesn't matter if you're you're black, you're white, you're Spanish. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the family dynamic is something that transcends. Oops, that transcends. You know, the the those cultural ethnic lines. You know what I mean? Right. And that's yep. why people love the movie so much because they have a Medea that just says what that whatever the hell she wants to say, and they might not call her that, but you know, it, they have someone that that's like that. You know what I mean? So. It, it really is, um, you know, it was something refreshing to, to see. And I think what I was going to say to that point is <laughs> I am, um, you know, for so long we have, you know, like if, if there's a, a story that comes out, you know, all black cast, right? It's a black story. But then we've never, you know, black story for black people because it, it's, it's about the, the black experience. It reflects the black experience. But then when we look at something, in you know, I don't know if we we're looking at comics and you got Captain America, right? Nobody ever said that's a white story about a white exactly. guy. You know what I mean? It, it's an American story. You know what I mean for for people to to enjoy. So that's interesting. It's that that is absolutely interesting. So Kwanzaa, what I wanted to do, man, is ask you. You guys are on this on this Kickstarter campaign, and you were you 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 talked about the release of the first book. Mm-hmm. is there a timeline with that? It seems like you guys are doing, based on what I saw, you guys are doing, you know, extremely well on Kickstarter. Yeah, man. I mean, it kind of blew me away that like we hit our first goal, like on day four, like, yeah. I thought we was just going to wow. be grinding the entire month trying to convince people and stuff. And so, you know, I, we put out some stretch goals and stuff and we just hit that like last week, you wow. know? Wow. <laughs> um, so we we're well over like what we asked for. And I mean, just that, that love but also as a sum of money has been like mind-blowing because i'm like wow people really you know resonated with this idea and with this project so much that they were willing to like you know pledge to it they and you know i made the book the main the main reward because i want people to have it i want people to read it and i think that's what you know really brought people in they're just like i want that book you know i want to read this story and and you know i feel validated you know because you know for like you know, this is something that, you know, I know in the industry, if I had like gone to like, you know, a DC or a Marvel and tried right. to pitch this, they That's wouldn't right. have, they, they, I don't think I would have found receptive ears for it. So yeah. being able to like, just put this out there in the public and say like, yeah, man, people, people need a story like this. And, you know, you, you guys are leaving money on a table. I'm going to eat that sandwich. That's right. But, the, you <laughs> so, know, that's the that's the beauty, man, with the day and age that we're in now, man. We are really, really in a fortunate spot in that we can build relationships directly with our audience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, no, that's incredible. Yeah, man. It, it, and it's it, and it's in all it's it, it's it's basically in all industries, man. You can 
you can go directly to your customer base, identify them first, obviously, and then go directly to them and build a relationship that is just, you know, a sort of a one to one relationship rather than you having to have that middleman serving as the distributor or the marketer or the, you know, the creator, not the creator, but the producer of the product. Now we have that direct connection, man. And that that is absolutely important. And I think that's the wonderful thing about these crowdfunding uh, sites now is that they allow you to be able to create those relationships with people that if they believe in your product and they believe in it, and it's something that connects with them, it gives them an opportunity to contribute towards it. And what happens is that person now has you know, feels that they are truly a part of the development of your product. And then then there's some pride that goes along with that too, because people now are going to be able to follow you on your journey as you continue to climb that sort of ladder of success. And you follow that trajectory wherever you're, you know, that, that, uh, that that's going to take you to, but people can always say, you know what? I remember those guys 25, 30 years ago when they first started out, I contributed to their first release yeah man you know what i mean yeah. and that's an excellent yeah. feeling man it's an excellent yeah. feeling that in the past what we the, the the what we had to do be it music books we have to go to the store buy it then that you know money goes to you know the seller of the book and then that money yep. eventually makes it so i mean it, it was a, a big trail if you will and by the time it gets back to the actual person that's responsible for putting the work out putting their create you know the person that that the creativity is driving that product it's like they don't see anything yeah but Kwanzaa, man, i wanted to ask you man I, I mean you know this is an interesting story you know and then uh, you know I, I, I'm, I'm taking interest in it but uh you know as far as the future do you see like a you know like a animated movie or something like that coming in the future you know, it's funny. People people ask ask me that a lot now. You know, this month is just people hitting me with like all of these like questions, and it's just like I just wanted to put out the book. Right. <laughs> you know, at first, What's but, like all the, all the love that's come come back from it has really like kind of opened my eyes to the fact that like you know people really want to know a lot more about like these characters in this world and you know in different formats. So that's why like one of the stretch goals I put out there was like the man doc, you know, like one of the main characters in there, like documenting like how this phenomenon has been like happening since like, you know, the 15th century, you know, at least it's been documented since then. And like all the way up until modern times, just to give people like, you know, another taste of the story and explore like, yo, when did this start? How did it start? And we're just going to release that for like free on like, um, uh, line webtoons. Okay. Um, Okay. put it out there so like people can just, you know, have, have another bit of the story that they could take with them. Um, I'm not like super interested in like just making like, you know, periodicals like in the same way that like DC and Marvel does. So I don't sure. really want to just have like a series on the shelf that just goes on forever. Sure. I mean, I love some of that stuff. It works for stuff like Walking Dead, but you know, I like to be a lot more impactful in my storytelling. So I'm just going to kind of hopefully be able to like maintain this like open, transparent communication with like the people out there who are, you know, like picking up on black sure. and see, you know, who, who, who they want to see more stories about what they want to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, the core depth thing that's definite is that, you know, black is three books. Mm-hmm. So it's very much in the vein of like new hope empire strikes back. And then like, you know, the return of the Jedi. 
um, that encompass like the whole story as I envision it, but sure. there's room in between to tell other stories. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and again, therein, therein lies that opportunity for the audience to get involved. You know what I right. mean? And, and then you have that uh, dynamic that allows, you know, based on that dialogue that occurs between yourself or you guys and the audience, then you can sort they can be a part of the process or feel as though they're part of the process in terms of, you know, I don't know, additional, maybe you might offer a release in between, you know, the three book, you know, the three releases that you guys are doing, but people feel completely invested in that because this is, you know, what they've been asking for. So, man, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, man, this has been a great opportunity, man. Kwanzaa, we, we, uh, Man, I, 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 it's funny because anytime we say we want to stick to a time frame, the shit never works. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but it's, it's all good, man. Like if you're having a good conversation, you're having a good conversation. Exactly, precisely. Yeah, and 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 you know what? It's, I that, hope... it's that Park Banks, man. It's yeah, that Park Banks. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. And and you know, the the thing is, I always tell people, um, when our conversation continues to go, and we have to be the one to 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 stop it. then that means we had a great conversation if we're like but if we're constantly watching the time to to so that we we have that opportunity to stop right when we're supposed to stop uh that might not be a good to you know uh, the best conversation we was talking to irene Yeah, 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 yeah yeah but but um Kwanzaa, you guys are doing a, a, a great job, man, and, and we wish you guys continued success. And um, like we always say, man, our platform is your platform. Um, yeah, we, we have the yeah. great fortune of speaking with people that, you know, that has it has ideals and, and has goals that align with us. So as a result, whenever you guys have something that's coming up, our platform is your platform. So give oh, us a thank shout. thank you. I appreciate that, man. And we're, we're, we're happy to blast it out. Um, but you know what? Before I even get to, to, to the social media um, question, do you guys have a timeline for release for the first? For the first yeah, so, so we're looking at like, um, you know, uh, mid middle of the year this year okay. for like, you know, dropping out the first like issues. We'll, we're going to do it like, you know, as uh, some digital periodicals. We already like hooked up with Comixology. Okay. They, you know, gave us some digital codes and stuff like that. So we're, we're going to put it out in that format and we're still like, you know, open to publishers. If somebody, you know, like wants to get into that business, I've never been like a huge fan of like, you know, the periodicals anymore. Like I'm on to the next like level. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but, sure. but I know people like, like it in that format. So, you know, I'm not going to sit there and, and, and be, you know, stubborn and not do that. So we're open to that too. And in the book, like collected at the at near the end of the year sure sure absolutely absolutely well please let us know man when that's available officially so that we can you know how absolutely support, yeah. man, i'd love to discuss it after you actually read it <laughs> yeah no absolutely and that'll be a great conversation for us hell yeah have, we could do that because I'm, I'm waiting to read it yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it. it's gonna be dope man all right and 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 the reason and then i'm gonna tell you man when we when we um we'll have a chance to speak hopefully man because this really aligns with, uh, like I said, man, it, 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 there's some similarities in, in how the Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend started off for us and what you guys are doing now. The story is completely different, but I think the intent 
and the path even um and the journey if you will is is similar man and it's always nice to see people that like i said man and i can't say it enough that are like-minded and that are disciplined enough to stick with it you know what i mean because the passion requires them to do so you know what i mean so we um we, we absolutely thank you guys for the discipline and being you know, uh, the consummate example of what um, passion manifested is. You know what I mean? So you guys keep up the good work. But but before I let you go, man, c- tell everybody where they can find you guys on social media. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you could just like, you know, search for us and stuff like that. Unfortunately, like people like to squat on, you know, usernames and stuff. So yeah. our name is like Ooh. Black Superpowers with some like letters left out. But yeah. I'm sure if you search it, you'll find it. Okay. Um, but if you want to find the Kickstarter, that's a lot easier. It's yeah. just the URL is kck.st forward slash black. Nice. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, listeners, you got to support. You got to support. You can't be talking about, oh, there's not enough stuff out there that's, that, you know, speaks to my sensibilities and, you know, if you fucking look for it, you can find it, man. There's a lot of people out there doing some great, great, great work, man, that are trying to not just uh, challenge the, the, you know, the, the status quo, but also be able to get you to think while also entertain you. And then also look to inspire you to do more, to be yeah, more, to achieve more. And maybe one day you might be able to fucking fly, too. Right, maybe right. just maybe no That's but right. but in but in in all seriousness you, you know listeners please check this out uh black check out the series black go on kickstarter support um you know these are the type of situations that we are now fortunate enough to be in now where we can go and support the projects that we uh believe in and then also as maybe you know if for those out there that are creating something you know, phenomenal or something different um, and you're looking for the same type of support, you know, you can go on Kickstarter as well and then, you know, get folks out there to support the thing that you're doing. So um, let the good brothers uh, Kwanzaa and Tim be uh, be your inspiration to do so. And and, yeah. and and doing that, you know, there's some reciprocity in that you got to get out there and support them as well. So. Kwanzaa, we appreciate you, man. Thank you again for your time this evening. Um, Listeners, you know what it is. I ain't got to say it, but I'll tell you (laughs) anyway. I'll I'll tell you anyway. Hold tight. This is the Chronicles of a Hip-Hop Legend radio show, TCOHHL Radio. We'll be right back. Ride the wave.